Uh, I have to say that I shared it when we first started. It's just really been coming to me now that, you know, it, it, to use the analogy of, um, of our, our people, our ancestors in, in exile when they went to Babylon. You know, they were in Babylon for a bit of time, but it was only for a season. It was meant to be for a season, and then there was a time of return. And I just believe that we are in the time of the return right now. Like, we've gotten a little too comfortable, you know, having our Zoom services, no offense, you know, or staying home, and that's perfectly fine. But I just feel the spirit and the bride saying, come. That it's time to come. Let's come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. So he will teach us his ways. I just feel that that call coming. And as we're approaching um, the, the first day of the month of the first month, the month of Nisan, which is like spiritual springtime. It's right around the corner. Um, it's two weeks before Passover. There's Bobby. He's in the house. And that spiritual springtime, that 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 call of newness, of new life, the new beginnings that happens every year at this time, I just feel it is, is extra special this year, especially considering what we've all gone through in this past year. I've been reminiscing, um, it was brought up to me, how uh, last year, um, you know, Passover, we, um, we, it was such a small little celebration. We just had one family and everybody watching on Zoom. And I'm remembering Pentecost, Shavuot, last year, yes. when we were praying for the opening, because everything was closed during that season of the, between Passover and, and Shavuot, the counting of the Omer, everything was closed. The churches are closed and every restaurant's closed. You couldn't get out of your house. And we were just praying and praying for, for an opening, an opening, 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 and, uh, and let it be on, on Pentecost, on Shavuot. And prayer was answered, but it was such a, a small thing. But it was such a holy thing. I'm remembering it. I'm remembering how it was like me and Donnie and Steffi just leading worship. I think Lou was marching around with a shofar. <laughs> and everybody just waited outside. You there for that? And we just came in one at a time, just received the blessing and an anointing, left. Another came in. You know, and I was thinking about it, it was so lovely. It was, it was small, but God does big things with, with small offerings with small offerings. And it was such a, a small offering. We did it within the confines of what the laws of the land allowed. We were obedient to that. But it was just such a beautiful, a beautiful moment. But here we are a year later, a year later, and Pentecost again, Shavuot is a couple months away. I'm hearing that shofar call that it's time to come home. It's time to come to the house of the Lord. It's time. It's time to come back to the Lord. It's time to come back to the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. So, Father, just lift this up to you, Lord God. As the, as the call, as I just feel the call of the Spirit saying, just come, come, come. Come back. Come back to the Lord. Come back to the Lord. And this is the call of God all the time for, for, all, for those who... who don't know him, for those who have fallen away, for those who, who never knew him. He's always speaking, come, always. He's always calling, he's always speaking, come, 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 come. 
You know, we look at society and we're like, oh God, when are you going to fix society? And it's, everything is so broken and sin is rampant in the land. And then we, we recognize that, you know, judgment is never in the heart of God to do. It's never in his heart. Whether it, whether it comes to pass or whether it doesn't, it's never in his heart. He says he wishes none to perish. He wishes none to perish. But law, and you know, we, the, 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 when we relate to King David, you know, Lord, when are you just going to wipe out all this evil? You know, I'm tired of seeing the evil ones doing so well and the, and the, the righteous ones being, crying. when are you going to come arise? When are you going to eradicate evil from the land? You know, that, that spirit certainly arises with us. So many times we look at society and we're like, I'm ready, Lord. <laughs> I got my sword. Just give me the word and I'm going to go and, you know, but it's never God's will. It's never God's will for people to perish. Yeshua delays so people can repent. And we see the spirit of Yeshua who manifests that, that grace, the grace of God come on the scene. You know, it says in the, in the New Testament, it says, it says, but the book of John, he says that law came through Moses but grace and truth came through Yeshua. And we look at that as if it's two separate things. As if they're, they're not connected. As if they're like a dichotomy. Well, the law came through Moses. But now we don't have law. We have grace through Yeshua. That is a complete misunderstanding. To say that like law and order and, and identifying sin and living a righteous life is, is not from God or not from Yeshua is a complete fabrication. And to say that grace that came from Yeshua was never within the, the, the attributes or the characteristics of God is also not true. In fact, we see in this Torah portion. So now I got now I got uh, I got Sean here smiling. So he's smiling. I know I'm okay. Normally Val's the one smiling, and I know that things are gonna be okay. So now I got Sean smiling, and I know things are gonna be okay. So we see when, when Moses was up on the mountain in this Torah portion, we see he's saying, Show me who you are. You know, Moses had this incredible intimate moment with God. He said, show me, your, show me your glory. And God went before Moses and he revealed his characteristics and he pronounced his name, the Lord, the Lord. And he said, I'm gracious. Gracious. I'm gracious. This is Moses. So it's not a separate thing. It's not like one and then the other and they don't connect. Grace was always in his nature. Grace is always in his nature. But God wants his people to activate his attribute of grace through our intercession. Let me explain that. That's not resonating. His attribute of grace, of giving grace, is always there. So is his attribute of must have justice and we must have things that are right and sin must be punished they're both in his nature the grace attribute is activated when his people awaken it through their intercession let me explain what happened in this Torah portion Moses went up on the mountain we know the story. He went up on the mountain and he was delayed. 
Now, this is something that should relate to all of us when we, as we are waiting for the Redeemer today, Yeshua. So this is not just the story of Moses, it's actually a prophecy of Yeshua and the end times. Because we have Moses that came down and went back up on the mountain and said, wait for me, wait, wait here, wait until I return. Does that sound like Yeshua? Yeah. He came and he went up and said, wait until I return. Wait until I return. And Moses delayed. Does that sound familiar? He's taking longer than the people thought it should take. He said he was going to come back at a certain time. He was delayed. And the people rebelled. And the people set up an idol. And this is a foreshadow of what's going to happen at the end. This is what you see in Revelation when, with the, the image and the mark of the beast and things like that. When the people... The people will forsake the faith. It says it's going to be a falling away, an apostasy of the faith. This is, this is a foreshadow of what's to come. The Redeemer's up on the mountain. He's delayed, and the people rebel and set up a false god. That's a foreshadow. That's an absolute foreshadow of what's coming. And now he's coming down. And the people are, you know, they're celebrating, cavorting around, you know, with their idol. You know, and he comes down, he breaks the tablets. And that's also a prophecy because the Jeremiah said a new covenant is co coming because they broke the first covenant. It's also a prophecy. Behold, I'm a new covenant, I'm creating a new covenant. And a second tablet, he brought down a second tablet that is a foreshadow of the, of the new covenant. It's all prophecy. The whole story is prophecy. The whole story is prophecy. But now came the judgment. And if you equate it with the book of Revelation, when the people set up an idol and, they, and now God's judgment is coming upon the wicked, something happened with Moses that I think is also prophetic. And we must listen to this. Moses went back on the mountain and he interceded. Now the people deserve the judgment. They sinned. And God's attribute of righteousness and justice and sin must be punished was activated. He was ready to not wipe them all out and start again with Moses. Moses, I'm wiping all of them all out. I'm starting with you. And this is like what, what the believers think. Like all the believe, all the evil is going to wipe out, and I'm going to get my crown. Right? Right? Like I'm going to get my. I'm going to reign with Jesus. You know? And but Moses got that offer. But he said, no, if they're not going, then take me out too. If they're not going, I don't want to go either. Moses was willing to give up his place in the kingdom if it meant his people weren't going. How many people are willing to go to God for those who you're praying for in your family those who are, 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 are doing sinful things and living sinful lives and saying, I'm denied. If you're not going to save them, then don't save me either. And God's heart, his attribute of grace was awakened through that intercession. And he changed his mind and said, I will not wipe them out. I will go with them. I will be their front guard. I will be their hero. Because of what you did, Moses. This is what God is wanting from his people. Intercession. 
stand in the gap. We know the term stand in the gap. Wasn't there like some sort of event, stand in the gap, like at some point ago? Yeah. Like stand in the gap. Promise keeper, stand in the gap. But do you know that stand in the gap is actually a biblical term? I know what it is. Do you know where it comes from? Ezekiel. Ezekiel. Do you know what chapter? 22. Do you know the, 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 the story behind Ezekiel 22? God is speaking about all of the bad stuff that Israel was doing. I mean bad. Open up Ezekiel 22 and read all of the sins in that one chapter that Israel was committing. It's going to sound a whole lot like today. Sexual immorality. Shedding of innocent blood, breaking his Sabbaths, not keeping his, his commandments, not unjust, not being just, not treating people with justice and fairness. All of the sins we see even today, a laundry list, a horrible list of sins that Israel was committing. But then he said, I'm looking for a man. I'm looking for a man to build up a wall and stand on the wall and stand in the gap between me and the judgment of the people. And he says, but I found none. Therefore, I poured out my wrath on the people. He would have stayed his wrath if his people stood in the gap and said, no, I deny, don't do it, not guilty. Not guilty, not guilty. It's never in the heart of God to judge and to bring that judgment. It's in his heart to forgive unto repentance. Yeshua was ostracized for it by the, by the, the religious leaders of the time. Why are you eating with sinners? Why are you eating with them? Don't you know who they are? And Yeshua said, Healthy, like a doctor doesn't come for the healthy. Like I went to the doctor yesterday, but I'm healthy. I go for my yearly checkup. But Yeshua, the doctor, didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sinners. He came for the sick. To bring them wellness, to bring them wholeness, to bring them to repentance. But I guarantee you, he wasn't just sitting around the table with them, just pointing out their sins. I guarantee it. Because you know what? When you are in the presence of love, and you are in the presence of somebody who loves you and forgives you and wants to see you whole, you know it. And when you, when you, when we mess up, you know, 19 out of 20 people are going to judge us and we can experience it and we know it. But we also know when we're around one who loves us, who's not judging us, wants to see us whole, doesn't excuse sin. And wants to see us restored, but loves. See, there's grace and, okay, there's, it says, it was read today, the spirit of the law and letter of the law. Spirit of the law and the letter of the law. This letter of the law says guilty. The spirit wants to restore. The spirit of the law always wants to restore. And this is what Yeshua exemplified. The spirit of the law. The letter of the law says, don't touch that leper. The spirit of the law says, I don't care if I can become unclean. I'm going to touch that leper and bring healing to that leper. 
law says, don't touch that woman with blood because it'll make you unclean and don't let her touch you. That's the letter of the law. The spirit of the law, when the unclean touches you, you bring healing to the unclean. And you don't care. Yeshua the Messiah, the perfect one, was willing to become ritually unclean. Willing to become it. If it brought healing to the unclean. This is the spirit of the law. The letter of the law will convict that adulterous woman. The spirit of the law will use that same law to set her free. To set her free. And to say, go and sin no more. But not in a judgmental way. In a restorative way. In a restorative way. So thank you, Father. I believe that God is calling for a body to bring restoration to this world. Because we have Yeshua HaMashiach within us. So that spirit of grace is within us. And I pray that it becomes awakened. So we can bring that healing that Yeshua brings to a, to a broken world. To a broken world. So Father, thank you, everybody. We thank you. We lift up this. We lift up those who were praying for, Lord God. We lift up those who are broken. We lift up those who have fallen away. We all know folks that are on our hearts, and they're on our hearts for a reason. They're on our hearts for a reason. And may we, Adonai, be, be vessels of Yeshua. To not bring judgment. He says, I have not come to judge. Not come to judge. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. So I believe that somewhere in this end time story, you know, when Yeshua says, forgive them, forgive them, to, his, to ones who murdered him, forgive them, he brings healing. Yeshua's willingness to forgive brings healing to a nation. Now, I got a hunch that somewhere in this end time story, there's going to be some vessels. Now, don't try to quote Revelation on me. But I got a hunch. There's going to be some people out there. there when, the, when God's judgment is about to come, that's going to stand in the gap. Because when he, in the times of Ezekiel in the, in the exile, he was looking for a man. He was looking for somebody to stand in the gap. And he didn't find one. And now it's going to be in the end. And judgment is going to come. But I have a hunch that there's going to be somebody who's going to stand in between the living and the dead like Aaron did, it says. And say, no, Adonai. Don't do it. Don't do it. If you're not going to save them, don't take me out of your book. And God's attribute of grace will be awakened. Because that is always the heart of God. To restore. Not to judge. So thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. May we exemplify your attribute of graciousness, your grace attribute, Lord God and awaken it through our intercession and our love for people. It says, for God so loved the world, loved the world, that he gave his only son. And that can be a challenge because we read like love of the world is hatred of God. Well, the love of the world is hatred of God is love, love of the, the things of the world, the things that flesh offers. That's the hatred of God. But God so loved the world means God so loved all of humanity. That's what it means. That's what it means. 
When God so loved the world, it means for God so loved every single human being so from the beginning of time. That he sent his only son to take upon our sins, take our sins upon himself. As I said to Shirley, what good father wouldn't take on the punishment? Do son or daughter if it was coming. What good father wouldn't do that? And Yeshua did that for us. That's the spirit of the law and the grace and truth that came to Yeshua that's within us. So may that be exemplified as we go out. Thank you, Father. In Yeshua's name, amen.